A very warm welcome to the e-lounge. Insights and inspiration stimulate great conversation. In our e-lounge, hosted by Tsepo Hobe, Chief Operating Officer at the How Train Management Agency, engaging leading opinions for your benefits. Our next book on review is one of South Africa's bestsellers, Betting on a Daki by Mteto Nyati. Mr. Nyati is the CEO of Altron. Forbes Africa has identified him as a master strategist, a turnaround specialist, and an ethical leader. This is one of our knowledge share platforms anchored in our values of leadership and learning. We do hope that you will tune in, engage, and take away the knowledge from this great conversation. Remember, those who desire to lead should read. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Me as your guest, Tsabokhobe, the Chief Operating Officer of the Houdrain Management Agency. I am delighted today to have my guests. But before we get on with it, I am reminded of these words. Two roads diverge into the yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down as far as I could to where it bent down into the undergrowth. Then took the other, just as fair, and having perhaps a better claim, because it was grassy and wanted way. Though for the passing of time, another end, Robert Frost says clearly, I shall be, I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages hence, two roads are verging into the, into the woods, and I took the last trouble. By that I have made a difference. My guest, took the road less trouble. <laughs> Even when his father insisted on the road he knew, he took the road less trouble. Even when everybody says not in that direction, he still took the road less trouble. Today, my guest, Mteto Nyati, um, it feels a bit strange as an African to call an older brother Mteto uh, <laughs> by name, but he insists. Um, welcome, Mteto. And if I were to introduce you, I would run out of adjectives. The one who blazes trails is more of a, of a clear adjective. He's a trailblazer and he has been everywhere. He's the former CEO of Microsoft South Africa, uh, former uh, local CEO of MTN, uh, now the CEO of Altron. Mdeto, I am, maybe I must tell the guest. Guys, if I seem a bit starstruck, it's because when you're in the presence of greatness, you must acknowledge it. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much, Tepo. And thank you for those kind words. Uh, truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, I must say that uh, I was giving you some feedback now about, uh, about how I believe your company is doing, you know, your positioning. Uh, it certainly is a reflection of your leadership style and that one of your CEO, you know, trying to reach beyond your own reach. You know, uh, the work that you guys are doing here uh, is the work that does not just touch people of how train. It also touch generally South Africans. So great. I'm very pleased to be here with you. Thank you, um, Mjeto. Mm -hmm. the I was hoping the accolades would be issued by me, but uh, it seems that 
it's this is gonna be a, what do they call it a a, a great conversation mm-hmm. and we have to be able to make sure that uh, we try by all means to engage beyond um, this conversation yes everybody's wondering beyond everything that everybody knows about you who is Mteto Nyati is a I'm a family man you know at the very very core I'm a family man uh, I'm a guy who is not I'm not the most talkative person uh, I'm, I'm a, a deep thinker uh, but I'm also somebody who believes more in action you know so that's the kind of the kind of combination of a person that I am family man at the core uh, somebody who's highly driven uh, does not have too many words uh, very very strong driver but also somebody who cares deeply about about the world about south africa and about humanity mm-hmm. but some people could even go as far as saying you are fearless you dead uh, uh, thread where angels even fear <laughs> <laughs> is that a description that probably has been used quite a lot with you uh, some people say that, say that I'm fearless, uh, but what they don't know is that internally one is struggling with fear, but it's really about the courage to overcome that fear. You know, uh, I've always, like I'm sure all, everybody has the fear, but the question is, what is it that you do about that fear? You know, I, I have the courage. Uh, and li- people say that life expands or shrinks in proportion to one's courage, you know? <laughs> and uh, depending on how, you, 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 how is your relationship with courage, your life will reflect that, you know? And, and for me, it's that courage, you know? Knowing that deep down you are so, you, you, are, you, you know, you are worried or concerned, but you go out there and try and do something. And let's start in the beginning. Yes. You're a man from Tabasi. Not very people, very many people can be able to point where Tabasi is. <laughs> <laughs> the man from Tabasi yeah. and the man who, what do they call it, who, yeah. who have uh, been able to go, to grow to world stage. Yes. Um, a Yale fellow uh, to, for that matter. Yes. But not very many people know where, where Tabase is. Yeah. Uh, bring us a little bit in. I mean, where <laughs> is Tabase? So I know that it's somewhere near Tata, yeah. but where is Tabase? Yeah, Tabase is, uh, they say that uh, I come from Tabase, somebody had to. <laughs> somebody had to come from some, some, somewhere there. You know, uh, it is in the Eastern Cape in Amtata. Uh, it is a village. Uh, a village of probably close to about uh, maybe 8,000 people. Uh, it's a village that is, uh, it's, it's, it's a village that is driven. You know, there's a lot of people who come from that village who are g- doing great things in South Africa today. You know, one of those people, uh, if you were to be one person who follows rugby, Many, many years ago, uh, even before, you know, the, the lifting of, of this whole thing, you know, before 1994, there's a gentleman called uh, Listin Jongwan. You know, he is one of these great rugby players, you know. People like him and many, many others. Our second accountant in all of South Africa, 
the second black accountant come from that place. Yes, it is a place that is full of poverty, but it's also a place that is so much uh, people who are, who are very, very driven, you know, and are resourceful. Mm-hmm. I shopkeeper's son. Yes. Mm-hmm. Your, your mother played quite a, a, an incredible role in your life. Yes. Um, Similarly, your father. Yes, both of them. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Mm-hmm. But... You know, people think of you today and think, this man can sell. Mm. Uh, you can sell sand to the hot and dots. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they don't know that you started like right at an early age. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that. I, I, I was so intrigued, and especially yes. your early morning trips uh, <laughs> where the trucks would pass you and they would foot at you. Yes, yes. Look, uh, as I was saying that I come from this village called Tabasa, and, uh, and my mom... Uh, got married to my dad, and my dad had had divorced. So he already had uh, six children. Uh, He then married my mom, so I'm the firstborn. Uh, So coming in that environment, we're actually 12 of us, including our parents. There's 12. There was 12 in the family. It's like a large family. (laughs) I used to say that uh, before I heard of our former president, uh, I used to think that we were the only family that was so huge, you know. But uh, you know, ahead of, of our former president, I was comfortable, you know. Okay. Uh, uh, so my mom, given that environment, she felt that you know, in order for them to be able to support this large family, she decided to cash her pension. She was a teacher. My dad was a teacher too took her pension, she started this little shop, which ended up being the thing that transformed our entire family from, I would say, a family that was in the lower middle class to middle class, you know, helping all of us to be able to go and acquire education. You know, we've got a doctor in the family, we've got two engineers in the family, we've got physiotherapists in the family, we've got a lawyer in the family, we've got all of our, my sisters are all nurses, you know, supported by this shop that was started by my mother from her pension, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that says a lot about, about yes, being resourceful, but also understanding what is required by society, by the community that you are living under, and then serving that community with what they need. You know. So I grew up in that environment. And of course, she did not want to employ thousands of people. <laughs> so I ended up being uh, this, uh, this person that she employs, um, you know, uh, I, I call it uh, child labor. <laughs> you know, and, Today uh, they refer to it as child labor. <laughs> So, so I was waking up in the morning, having to go, you know, even before, uh, you know, go to school, we had to go and fetch bread from the, the city, yeah. from town, in Tata town. It's about uh, 20 kilometers. Get bread, fresh produce, milk, and all of that. So in that, the customers, when they wake up at 6 o'clock, we open, they've got everything that is fresh, which means we woke up at around 4 o'clock, you know. And, and that was just my, my life. Coming back from school, I had to come, stand behind the counter, and serve customers. And that shop is the shop that shaped me. And when, things are, when I look at the way I manage today, 
at the core of how I manage, I think I took a lot from how my mother was managing the people that were uh, in that shop. Mm -hmm. You know, she included them in the decision making. She treated them well. You know, she was tough, tough, but she also she was fair. At the same time, the way she treated her customers. Those are the two things. If you were to look at the way I lead now, two things that I always take into any new job that I take. How the, the environment that I create for the employees, an enabling environment, but also focusing that entity on serving customers. Of course, I can do other things, but those are always the common things. I take it back to my time back in Dabasa. In, in the shop? Yes. yes. Um, are you an early riser? Yes. <laughs> I, I can never know whether it is because it's part of my DNA or is it just because that, uh, I, you know, you know this, that whole thing of child labor being woken up at four o'clock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How much of that routine have you kept as you grew and you became bigger and bigger? And what I've not changed anything. You haven't you changed know, much. Around 4.30, I'm someone who just wakes up and... Uh, and I use that time, you know, I use that time to think about the, the day ahead, uh, to plan about things. I also use that time to just catch up on, on reading, you know, motivational things, you know, on management, on this. And, and sometimes I, I realize that, you know, if I pick some key, you know, things or wise words out of those articles, I post it on, on social media. So it's something that has just it's just part of who I am. Mm. Mm. I forgot to, to, to raise it when what the color I was introducing the man. Uh, the man likes I have never met anybody who likes coats more than I do. So now mm. today officially I know somebody <laughs> who, who likes coats more than I do. So if you follow him on all his social media you'll be able to see that mm. he, he finds something to reflect upon and then uh, brings it up on, on, on social media. Mm. Now some of the things, and, and you, you are a very candid man and a very open man. Um, you know, having siblings that were, you know, mm. the, the inclusivity that your mother brought to being able to raise 10 children. Yes. Um, it's, and, not and it, it, mm. it's not easy. It's not easy. And and how much of that inclusivity today actually forms a big part of the manner in which you've won a lot of people. Yes. Even in places where yes. sometimes as I, was, as I was reading the book, I'm thinking, uh, do I wait until tomorrow? Maybe I must find out now. <laughs> <laughs> Did this story go well in this yeah. part of the chapter? But yeah. we all know it ended up well. But yes. you, you've always been the kind of person who is very inclusive and you, you, you believe in pulling in people. Yeah. Uh, and how much of that comes from being in, in a big family? It comes, uh, there's a lot of that comes from, not just a big family, but a family that is, uh, I call it complicated family, because it's like, you know, you've got putting two families together, and, and in that environment, there's bound to be some challenges, you know, uh, around a number of things, around resources, around this and that. And I remember uh, there's a story that I relay in, 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 in the book there, I think I'm about six or seven. You know, I'm playing and in, in, in this room. And in this room, I've got my brothers, uh, my half-brothers and sisters here. And, and then they say to me, you know, uh, hey, get out, you know. I was Yeah, uh, Yeah, get out. 
And I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I think they're just joking, you know. And, and I realized that actually they are not joking, they are serious, you know. They were talking in English so clearly, which was meant for me not to be able to understand what, what they were talking about. So it must have been like applauding a coup. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so, and they, they said, please get out. Mm, uh, uh, you are not one of us, you know. And that was something that hurt me, you know, because up to that point, I never knew that, I mean, when I saw my brothers, and there's a lot of likeness, you know, so we all kind of look the same. And when I hear that they're saying that I'm not one of them, I, I just could not understand. So I ran, I go to my mother, you know, and then and she, she sits me down and, and say, look, I need to tell you this thing. And she explained that, you know, she, they were divorced and they, she's my mother and all of that. She was going to tell me when I was like, when I'm much older enough. Uh, but now, now that I know. Uh, but she then said, you are part of one family. You're sharing your father. That is what is the most important thing. Focus on the fact that you guys have got one common father, these are your brothers, these are your sisters, you know, that, it was a difficult environment, but that lesson that happened in that, in that day, it's a lesson that has helped me to navigate the issues, because I say that I encountered apartheid before I even stepped out of my family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I encountered apartheid in my own family. You know, as you step out now into Amtata, into the rest of the world, and mm -hmm. experiencing a world that is so racist, you begin to realize that you know how it was dealt with back there. The tools that I was given that start to focus. You know, you can you can be so consumed about differences, but focus on the things that are common. You know, if we can all be here, you know looking at us, white, black, Indian, if you look deep down, what are some of the interests? What is it that we want? Yes. We find that actually most of us want the same thing. We want peace in our country. We want health care. We want great education for our children. You know, look at all of these things. Uh, these things are common, yes. you know, and focus on that. And this is the approach that I typically take when I go to uh, companies. Focusing on those things that pull us together, you know, and bringing everybody together and creating a fair, a very fair environment. Mm. I, I'm intrigued by this because, mm. you know, I, 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 I probably, you know, as I'm sitting there and thinking, Monday it will be Women's Day and we don't pay enough tribute to what do they call it, to, yes. to the mothers in the nation. Yes. Yes. Um, it is those that wake up in the morning and go to work and in certain families the mother is a stay-at-home mother. But mm. there is value that mothers bring that, that goes beyond just simply uh, yes. um, us just paying tribute on, on, on Women's Day. Cause they shape us. I think I, I would say person, my personal values are largely shaped by my mother, by my parents, you know, yes. but in particular by my mother, you know. And, uh, and this whole thing of, of diversity, you know, managing diversity, yes. 
it is something that was to me I attributed to her. You know, when I look at the the way that uh, you know I go to any environment, yeah. whether it's in the U.S., it's here or anywhere else, you know, there are certain things that if you navigate them in the right way, you'll be able to connect with people. You know, and and that I got it from 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 my mother. And my mother is not special. There there are many mothers just like that. All of us have got those stories. Many people have got those stories. Mm. And that is very affirming because, mm. you know, the, the, in, in Africa, we, we, mm. we, we uh, maybe, you know, from my perspective, we don't pay enough tribute to the mothers and, and mm. what do they call it. And, and in, in the modern world, and, and where people work and everything else, and in certain families, the mother is there, but he looks after the family properly. Mm. Mm. I want to get on with this story because it's yes. very intriguing and, and they, they, it, it, it's almost difficult to be able to divorce the beginning with the end because yes, yes. or with, with how it's going. It's not the end, with yes. how it's going. And, yes. and, and, and for me, is I look at the, your story and I look at it in, in, in depth. And, but I also look at the, the, the bits you tell about the fact that your mother saw something in you. Because there's a lot of things that she made you do, you specifically, yes, yes. that wasn't the work that the rest of the kids. Yes. In in leadership, what is that light that you see in people? Because you are very good at picking good people that will, to work with you. Yes. yes. What, what is it that you either learn from your mother, but or that you what do they call that? It's just there, the light that you see in people. You know, uh, uh, you you'll pick up that uh, there was there's somewhere that people refer me as, uh, as, as, as Mbazo. Yes. You know? Uh, I think that's a little bit unfair <laughs> in my view, <laughs> but, but hey, that's what people call it, you know? Uh, because I don't go into environments and, and cut. Yeah. You know? In fact, that's the least that I do. You know, probably I tackle two or three, four leaders. These yes. are leaders that I deal with because actually leaders matter. Leadership matters. If you change that at the bottom, it's okay, it's going to change. But yeah. leadership, if you do not change that, you'll never necessarily get to where you need to. So maybe they're looking at that, right? Uh, but I, I go, it is this belief, it's this belief that in each and every one of us, there is greatness. You know, I take organizations that are, I would say, mediocre in terms of performance. Are struggling, put yeah? it properly, struggling. Of struggling. Yeah. And, and after a while, those same organizations with same people, yes. more or less, doing exceptionally well. So what has happened there? You know, these are the same people. It's really about the environment that we create for the people that work for us. It's also about how we demonstrate how we believe in them. Even if they don't believe in themselves, showing them that you believe in them, stretching them, you know, giving them assignments that they may think that this is asking them to reach beyond their reach, give them those assignments. You know? and, and it is that thing that people started to blossom, started to do, be amazed. And this it becomes like a snowball effect. You win this, you win that, and then it just becomes a belief 
now within you. And, and, and that is what I like doing because it's because of that if you leave, look at, uh, at, at, at uh, Microsoft South Africa, you look at MTN, you know, you leave, things don't die just because you left, because you have built the capability of the organization. But it starts with giving them, being, uh, allowing them to believe in themselves and giving them those stretch assignments and coaching people, guiding them, being engaged with them. Mm. We will get to this leadership yes. uh, 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 nuggets. And mm. how you end up in boarding school? And <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, it, it's a proper Christ smiling at that. I was in stitches, but at the same time I thought, man, how, very, how, how such a small event could have ended up with us not knowing a leader of the caliber of Mteto, but a mother made a decision right there and there and said, not a chance. That's why he calls you boarding school. <laughs> because, Tell the story this a little route, bit. Because this, this route right. he's taking now is yes. going to lead him nowhere. <laughs> so she realized that, uh, you know, I'm one of those. I was naughty, yeah. basically, you know. And like most of the young people, young ones. When you grow up, you try all sorts of things. So I was trying, uh, starting to, to smoke cigarette and starting to you know, uh, sniff petrol and benzene. I got highs, you know, and it was like, you know, this was great, man, you know. And my mother caught me with this thing and, and she beat me up and I just did not even care. I did not cry because I was on this yeah, high. Yeah. And then she realized this, this is going to be bad. But <laughs> <laughs> then I, in less than a week, she, find, she found a way to take me to St. Patrick's Mission, yeah. which is a, a Roman Catholic uh, primary school. And I ended up being there and it was really a bad because, you know, we're such a close and great, nice family, and now you are out of that picture. You are in this environment with the discipline, you, the discipline there. Uh, and when I look back, I say that was a great intervention <laughs> because, because it changed. It's one of those things that changed the trajectory of my life, you know. Even just, just this whole thing of discipline. Because now I've realized that whether we're talking music, sport, leadership, or anything that whereby people are successful, there is one thing that is common in all of those people. It's discipline. You know, you may have all the talent in the world. Yeah. You may have all of the brains in the world. But if you lack this thing, discipline, which is probably one of the challenges that our teams, in particular the, the soccer teams are facing, is really linked to the discipline thing. You know, a discipline, and I got it from there. The discipline happens. Mm. You built something that has bothered me for a very long time as a leader. Yes. You built personal pride. Mm. Ultimately, through the discipline, through all of that, you end up winning the Science Olympiad. Yes, yes. It's quite strange. We both went to Catholic schools. We both went to, what do they call it? We were both participants in the Science Olympiad, and yeah. we both ended up as engineers. Maybe yeah. we must ask, what was <laughs> being done those in those days <laughs> yeah. that, that was so good about the Science Olympiad? You know who else is also a graduate of the Science Olympiad? Yeah, she is. 
Uh, yes, and also uh, the CEO of, of Google South Africa, oh. Alistair Mugwena. Okay. That's how we know. know each other, yes. yeah, Alistair Mugwena. Yes. We're in the same science Olympiad, yeah. Wow. So mm. it's, it's something we need to revisit. But yeah. um, you, you build a, a, a practice out mm. of mm. excellence and mm. all of that. Mm. But you also build personal pride because mm. in a lot of the things you say in the book, mm. there's a lot of what you put in, in as being... Mteto can't fail with this. Mm, mm. And Mteto also is a trailblazer. And being a trailblazer, the problem with it is that, you know, the light that runs behind that star, everybody follows it. Mm. Now, in, in all of that, how do we, through the schooling system or everything else, build that personal pride? Because for me, it's not about discipline. It's more about people actually finding personal pride. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Finding that, connecting with that inner power within you, yes. which says that I can do almost anything, really, you know. Uh, he said, I would say it's not one thing, it's a number of things that helped me to get to that point. Uh, one of them, which is a strange one, you may have picked up or not picked yes. up in the book, that uh, my nickname when I was at that St. Patrick's mission, you know, I was playing ball there, soccer, yes. and then I ended up actually puncturing the, the ball. And, yes. they, <laughs> and I ended up getting a nickname called Double Engine. Yes. Double Engine. Think about that, you know. And, and, and they were keep saying this thing. <laughs> but, but what it meant is that this person, he, he, he appears to have twice what we have. Yes, twice the power. The, twice the power, mm. right? And something that was actually not meant to be a compliment, really. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but it's also in trying to... If you look at things, you can take that something that may be a negative thing, you use it and change it for to your own benefit to motivate you, you know? And and for me that 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 thing is probably the thing that continues to guide me even today that uh, you know how quickly I end up uh, you know, transforming or turning around a company. Yes. It may take ten years. Other people, it may take two years. You know, you know, it's those things. Uh, it's that belief in oneself. Uh, and I also think that uh, my parents also had a lot of you know the way that one has been trained. Uh, the the, I guess the the projects that have been given. I would call them projects, or maybe the tasks that have been asked to do, which stretched me. Uh, it gives you that confidence that you can go and do anything, really. You know. Ultimately, mm. you make it to London. Yes. Mm. When you come back from London, your mind is set. Yeah, you know. No. Uh, you 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 <laughs> going to become an engineer? <laughs> you know. It, it, just before I, I went to London, yes. I had an interview with Daily Dispatch. And they asking me, hey, you have won this science Olympiad. You know, so what are you going to be? So I tell them that, hey, yeah, excited, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> That's me <laughs> going, going to London. Yeah. <laughs> then coming back, then I am there in London, 
and started to be exposed to so many things that I was not even aware that they exist. I mean, I come from Tabase. Yes. You know, I don't know about engineering. <laughs> you know? So, so there now, here I am exposed to all of this chemical engineering, mechanical engineering, metallurgical engineering, all of these things. And I start to realize as I go deep and trying to learn about these things that, gee, these talk more to my interests than medicine. Then yes. I realized, actually, the person who had been planting this seed of medicine in my brain, now that I end up saying that I'm going to be a doctor, is actually my father, who he wanted to be a doctor, he, and he didn't become a doctor. So, so I come back, and I've, I've already made up my mind. For me, engineering is the, that's my career that I'm going to follow. It's really, it was the biggest disappointment to my dad, you know, because... For him, it, this was like a waste of talent. You know, uh, what are you going to do, Mr. Bell? He called me Mr. <laughs> Bell. What are you going to do? Then I'm going to do mechanical engineering. Jesus, how can you waste such a brain to do a me mechanic, motor mechanic? <laughs> no, this is not motor mechanic. He never wanted to understand. He, because he, he understood, but he didn't want to understand. You know? Even all the way, he took me to university. All, when he was dropping me there, he kept asking, you know, why don't you just go right here at Wentworth? It's a very intriguing story because, I, yeah. I, I, you know, one day I'll tell my own story. But uh, yeah. the, the, my parents were the same about me going into engineering. <laughs> <laughs> and worst of all, like with my father being an academic and also a lecturer, yes, yes. he was more worried about, yeah. uh, you know, a lot yeah. of people who do engineering do not finish. Oh, that's the um, problem. And, 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 and a lot of that. But, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of things that are behind why people don't finish. But, yes, but yes, we can yes. talk about that. Mm. Now, you land up there and you continue on. And yes. ultimately you finish and you end up at, at yeah. Afrox. At Afrox, yeah. Yes. yeah. And, and Afrox, I managed to get into Afrox because, so, firstly, because my dad was pushing me to do engineering, to do medicine, yeah. I end up not applying to to in that final year in, in the grade 12. Yes. So I ended up at the University of, of Transkei. Then from there I apply. So I do my first year of BSc okay. there, right? Then I apply to Natal University to do my, my, my second year of engineering there. They tell me, no way. Coming from which university? University of Transkei? What is that? No, you go and start... From, from scratch. Yeah, from scratch. Anyway, I start from year one again. Mm? The, the famous University of Natal. Yeah, I start uh, year one. What they didn't know, actually, that helped me because now my marks... <laughs> <laughs> on, on, I, on the I, first anniversary I, of your first year. Yes, it's like the first semester I have got these great marks, yes. you know, and, uh, and that's where... Uh, Afrox realized, hey, we would like to, we would to partner with this guy. Yeah. They gave me uh, this uh, academic scholarship, and that created a relationship that lasted almost 12 years, yes. you know, because they supported me through university, and I also ended up working for them another seven years, you know. So that's how I connected with Afrox. Mm -hmm. 
but you're going into an environment where they have never seen a, a, a so that was an experiment <laughs> <laughs> you have always been an experiment. I was an experiment. I, I will ask you another question later on about you joining Ultron. At what yeah. point in time did you not think this was a political experiment? I, I, I was an experiment there because, uh, it's, but I only realized when I, once I started to work for Ultron. I mean, for uh, Afrox. Yeah. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of. Um, Lorton Love. He used to be the BMF president yes. uh, before then, but he was he was a human resource manager in Afrox. Mm. He had pushed very hard for Afrox to start to hire and 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 bring on board black uh, black uh, you know black employees at, at professional level at engineering level. So he is the one who convinced them to invest, you know. Hence, this experiment I'm saying that was an. So they they pick up one person, and and that how I performed was going to determine whether they continue to expand this program or not. You know, the good thing is I managed to finish, so they and they continue to, to bring to even bring more and more black uh, black students. Uh, but getting into that environment. It was also very difficult because they've never, they're not used, they were not used to that, they're not set up for that. Uh, yes, there were blacks, but the blacks were in different uh, positions. It was the most difficult environment. Mm. Having done that, you do something interesting. You get there, you start taking on jobs that most people wouldn't take on. Yes. Mm. And the more complex ones. Yes. Like you setting up a routine. Uh, yeah. system for what do they call it for the drivers for the and trucks everything. for the trucks and, and, and mm. everything else yeah mm. as i said to you in the beginning mm. you, you you have to admit that you are you you know other people say i'm either fearless or i could be stupid <laughs> enough to not know that this is dangerous yeah yes so i struggled with fortran you know fortran yeah i know fortran yeah, yes fortran at uh, at university because i think it was my final year when i got yes. I got introduced into this programming language yeah. Then I come to to uh, to Afrox, and and they've got this thing. So I end up uh, signing myself up to 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 write a production planning yeah. uh, system for them, which meant that I had to teach myself now the programming language called DB3 mm. at the time. Uh, so I taught myself. I started to enjoy this computer thing, you know, and and in fact, the first laptop, you know, not these ones that we know now. It was this very small little thing. It was just not but a small. Little yeah, but they like bought. Yes, they bought me. Yeah, that's <laughs> they bought me this thing, and I was like, weekend, and I mean, to this thing, I just got hooked up, and and from that. I ended up having to do this uh, this uh, distribution system for for Af uh, Afrox, uh, and I must tell you the fact that now I'm in IT. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say it's that linked the to IT that. It's, link, it's linked uh, to that. The IT bug bit. Yeah. <laughs> the IT bug bite. Mm. And then you what do they call it? You continue on with with Afrox. Yeah. Mm. But I looked at something, and as I was reading through. 
the list of people you you go to the next company you go to Nampec. Yes, yes. As yes. you get to Nampec, mm. I look at the list of people that what do they call it that that uh, came from Nampec. Yes, Nampec yes. was an amazing it breeding was, ground it, for what do they call it for future leaders. I they mean, were so you're talking good. Papi Muletani, you're talking Tawo Mure, yes, and yes, all, yes, all of these yes. guys. Homozo Pashlani. Yes, Homozo yeah. Pashlani. Yes, in yes. your list of people you know, yes, yes. you have an interesting Montuanet, back pocket. Yes. Lefok, uh, she yes. used to be the CEO of, of the post office, you know. Uh, that in itself, that, that group the, the of commissioner people. of SARS. Yes, uh, uh, Obama Khashul. Yeah, that's the group of people that we were together. They recruited all of us to come and help NAMPEC. At the time, NAMPEC was struggling. Maybe they're still struggling, but they were struggling. Uh, because we just lifted international sanctions yes. against South Africa. So what was happening is that the customers, their customers in South Africa, now were able to import products that they could not from overseas. And they, those products could land here, some of them at 20 or 30% cheaper than we could manufacture. So this group of people that, that, that you are talking about, yes. we were brought in to drive, come in and, and drive and improve the manufacturing processes of NAMPEC so that it can be globally competitive. And that program was called world-class manufacturing. You know? And uh, I mean, here you are dealing with manufacturing techniques that you could associate with Japan. You know? So and again, you get in, you get so much exposed to things that are leading edge, you know, the thinking and also not just thinking, implementation, <laughs> because it was all you had to translate into creating a bottle that is cheaper than the one that they're implementing, they're bringing from overseas. Yes. No, yeah. Now that builds your sense of quality. Yes. Yes. In yes. In, in everything. Yes. 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 And, and 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 ultimately. Strangely enough, when you get to Altron, you sell the manufacturing businesses. So I thought you would <laughs> turn those around, <laughs> but we will get to that. Yeah, yeah. Now you 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 now are there, but mm. the IT bug is dead. IBM calls, and now you go into the big blue, mm. and when you get to the big blue, well, not initially because they called. Yes, uh, you and, and then there was the SAB. Yes. So I go there, and, uh, and, and in my mind, I'm a manufacturing and I'm an engineer, mechanical engineer, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and these guys are asking me to come to do IBM, and like, mm -hmm. but anyway, to cut the long story short, Mpole is up. Yes. Mpole sat me down and really convinced me that, hey, this company today is currently led by by uh, some Americans that are here on assignment, and in, in a few years' time, we would need to have leaders that are local taking over from the from the Americans. You know, we need people like you. Blah blah blah. Uh, yes, it's not going to be an easy journey. It's going to take you a while, but this is this is the game plan. You know, and we are also going to you know send you abroad. You know. And, and when I look at all of that, it just gives me, you know, okay, let me try this, this new, new area. You know? I trusted Mpo, I mean, sat with her, I, I, she, I was, and yeah, I jumped into IBM, and it changed, or once again, completely changed. I moved 
to a new industry. Mm. She did say it's just manufacturing beer. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make such a big deal out yes. of it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. But I think you would have done well there anyway. Yeah. Now you're in the big blue. And in the big blue, in itself, the place is a bit jumbled. The, the big blue is going through difficult times. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's going through difficult times. They've just come back because now, after the lifting of the sanctions, they come back. Uh, they had left South Africa and they're coming back here. The company is not doing very well. So they bring in a new, uh, we call it country general manager. Salfaso from the U.S. to come. And I'm like, here, I think about like four months. Then I hear that there's going to be a retrenchment. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I've just left a much more secure job in Nampeg for this thing, and now there's going to be retrenchment. I have not even proven myself in this environment. Hmm? Gee, I mean, this is going to be difficult. And and you start to hear the list of people being compiled, and then uh, uh, I get called, uh, and they said, look, you actually, the profile, your profile is the profile of the people we are looking for. You know, we've got a lot of people here that understand IT. But you are bringing industry knowledge, which is what we are lacking. That, that's what now Lugas now is trying to do Globally, trying to align the company to focus on customers and focusing on customers by sector. You know, so said, hey, you are the experts in manufacturing, so we would like you to be part of this manufacturing sector. You know, you know so I ended up, uh, you know, looking after a company called SAPI. Yes. Yeah, SAPI and Mondi. And uh, yeah, you know, it was uh, yeah that was the start of a great career within IBM. Mm. You had gotten back a bit into mechanical engineering there. You yes, were out yes, in the yes, plants yes. And you yes going looking. to the plant. I yes. went to the Angodwana plant. Yes. I, you know, that's another thing. I mean, many of of my colleagues they have never been to to you know they do not quite understand the business of their customers. Yes. You know. So just going to that Ngondwana plant, understanding, looking at, understanding the challenges of the customer, it helps you to be able to come up with solutions from a technology standpoint, from IT, that help you to address. You know, you are able to sell better because you are talking to the challenges of the customer, not theoretical things. You know. Ultimately, you get to be able to develop a model that yeah. functions of being able to deal with you know, medium and small companies in, in IBM. And, I mean, you were a pioneer at that point in time. Yes. Large yeah. companies like that were not thinking in that manner. No, no. Um, no. And, and, and then creating multi-channel thinking. Um, how much of this was it? Just simply you observing, and how much of it was more from your studies and ultimately after you now had an MBA? Mm. Um, I, I'm trying to look back at it and saying, but... Multi-channel thinking is developing as a as a way of doing things. Yes. Probably in the last ten years, but you had been doing this twenty years back. Yes, but I, I think the company that influenced me yes. the most in that thinking is a company that IBM did not even want to look at. They hated the company. They competed with this company. Okay. You know, and and that company <laughs> is Microsoft. Okay. <laughs> you know, because it was beating them. You yeah. know. 
And when you look at how Microsoft actually was able to just be everywhere, mm. they multiplied not through employing thousands and thousands of people, they multiplied through creating partners who would go and represent them in the different markets. You know? And when you look at that, how successful that was, and you start bringing that, okay, here you are now, I'm being asked. You know, IBM has always been very good in selling to large enterprises face-to-face. -face. Now I'm being asked to go and start and selling into small and medium-sized mm -hmm. enterprises. There are millions of these, uh, these companies. How do we don't have enough people? Yes. We can never have enough people to do that. So you look at the models, and the models that spoke to me was the Cisco model, and it was also the the uh, the Microsoft model, and and that's where uh, you know I put together some of that, and also thinking that hey, let us use tell it, you know. Okay. Go and find out, check the customer first, whether there's a need. If there's a need, you don't have to drive to that. Yes. If there's a need, then pass, take that opportunity, pass it to your partner, support your partners, you know. So, and, and that ended up being something that I was actually asked mm -hmm. to take from South Africa and go and implement it across Europe, you know. Uh, which is, which is a great thing for South Africa. Mm -hmm. You start building a global network. Yes. You are yes. now in Paris, mm -hmm. newly married, uh, you know, with, what do they call it? Ultimately, with a, uh, your daughter in tow, with yes. Anda in tow, and yes. uh, Anda probably lives the way she lives now, and she's all over the place because she's a world citizen. She's never ever been one of... of, of She's yes. a South African by birth, but yes, beyond yes. that, she, she's grown up being all over the place. Yes. You're a quite a reflective man, and mm. you, you think quite a lot about things that had happened. Mm. That meeting when you had the presentation and it didn't work out. Mm. And you're also not the kind of person who beats themselves up mm. quite a lot. You mm. pick yourself up from the floor quite quickly. Mm. What changed you a lot in that meeting and that experience? And you know, a lot of people are sitting there and listening to you now and going, this man, I mean, when somebody reads through your life from your profile that they read in the newspaper, you just look like a person who's just been blessed, mm. who's never ever had days mm. when things didn't work out. Mm. That one meeting that, mm. you know, you did that presentation and you when you reflect upon it at later on and says, had I asked my boss, you know, before that, but what... What what impact did that one meeting have on you? You know, we we sometimes think that asking for help is a weakness. Yes. And in fact, in in, in fact, it's not, it's actually you are courageous if you're asking for help. And and so I came from South Africa with that mentality. Hey, I've been handpicked from South Africa. And now I'm here, I'm coming to, to come and, and show these people, you know, how to do this thing. So I'm kind of like, I know everything, you yes. know, right? And yet I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, so if I were to go now and ask for help, it would diminish my value. Yes. Hmm? In fact, that was the biggest mistake I've made because had I dealt with different people, I would have taken the next flight mm. of South Africa together with my family or from, from Paris 
sending me back home, yes. you know, because of that mistake. Because here I was in a grand, you know, they had invited all the leaders of, uh, of the small and medium-sized enterprise across all of Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Even our, the guy who, was, who had taken over from me here in South Africa, he was there. So here is the stage, and I'm standing there. I just did not show up well, you know. And when they were doing, which is they are brutal there, each and every presentation you do, they rate the person. I was the lowest. I mean, you are, you are not, you have not really, have never had that kind of a feedback before. <laughs> <laughs> and now you, you, you see yourself being the lowest ranked, you know, and the comments there, you look at the comments, you realize that, hey, I made a big mistake. Here are people who understand this environment. Mm. I should have just, it would have taken nothing from me, nothing at all, to just check them, to ask for their input, guidance, you know, because this is going to be my first presentation in this in big this space, mm -hmm. you know. And I wanted to demonstrate, hey, I am this big guy, uh, you two, you, you got from South Africa. <laughs> you did not make a mistake. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I learned a lot out of that. Even today, you know, that's the thing that I continue to encourage my team, really asking for help and say it is, it is it's not a weakness. It is not, and there is so much reluctance. My leaders, the ones that are reporting, they are so reluctant to ask for help. I, mm. I was lucky enough to meet a guy early in my career. Mm. He said to me, never get attached to your uh, your reports. Yes. And I asked him why. Mm. He says it will get reviewed three times before it finally is. In, in. And from that day, I made peace with the fact that I actually asked for review yes. up front and everything else. Yes. Now, you, what do they call it? You 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 make it past that. Mm. And ultimately, you sort out the model and it works out. Yes. You yes. now have built up a business in yes. Europe. And, yes. Yes. Um, you know, a few years later, under a little bit older, mm. and you are really, what do they call it? Um, and now IBM is thinking, what do we do with this man? Yes. But then yes. you get advice for you to go and become a, a, a Yale World Fellow. Yes. It was actually my boss... Because in that unit, it was yes. small and medium-sized business. Uh, I was reporting to Massimo, an Italian, Massimo Bonciani in, South, in, in Europe. And he was reporting to Mark Lautenberg yes. in, in, uh, in the U.S. So he was our global boss. Mark Lautenberg, when I was still in South Africa, had offered me to be his personal assistant. Mm -hmm. But the job was only going to be available like six months down the line, and this other one in Europe ended up being uh, available much earlier. So I ended up taking that one. So Mark Lautenbach, having seen the work that he had, we had done in Europe, he felt that, hey, we need to invest in this, this guy. And uh, here we let me apply for him in the Yale, Yale World Fellows Program. Mm -hmm. and, and in that year, it was the first time that that program accepted uh, people from business because it's typically not leaders from business. They don't. I don't know why. Uh, so they, they, it was me and a gentleman from India 
we ended up being part of that. That program also shaped my thinking now about leadership, trying to connect two things. Yes, you need to deliver results in terms of business, but at the same time, can you also make a difference in terms of society? Can you try and, and find an intersection point? It's not just about making money for, 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 for profits and profits for the company. C- can you also have a positive impact in terms of society as a business? So that's what it, it, that program was uh, helping the leaders who were there to do, you know. And, uh, and, and yeah, and, and it, it landed and it has... It's something that I continue to do now. Each and every leadership role that I do, I try to try and find that intersection point. Doing good business and doing good, you know, trying to do those two things. While you're there, you mm. also develop a voice. Yes. A political yes. voice that mm. would at some point in time be quoted by mm. the great Tabumbiki himself. Mm. Um, and it's a voice that you've kept Right up until today. Yes, yes. You develop a very strong political voice and mm. one that... Mm. What in that environment... Yes, you had come from a, what do they call it, yes. from, from the area of the yes. Eastern Cape where yes. it was the yes. gateway to yes. a lot of missions for the ANC and everything else. And mm. you already had a political grounding. Yes. But yes. The, the, the question is, right there in, 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 in the U.S. of all places, you develop a voice about... What is good about our country? What's not good? And what do you think we should be doing? Yes. Yes. Uh, look, all the way at University of Natal, yeah. I was already an, an ANC member, mm-hmm. of course, underground, you know. And mm-hmm. so I, I had that influence all the way. Although actively not, I was the one who was supporting people who were coming in the country, you know. Yeah. So, so I had that. But the thing that made me to to want to say things is to to to, to have you know this thought leadership thing. It came yes, and when I was in in Yale, but it was when I looked at what is happening in our country then. Uh, it was still under Tabombeki, and uh, and and although it from how it was, it, it may look like things were going well, but I was really, really concerned about some of the choices that we were making, you know, in particular around BEE, you know, and, and I just felt that we, some of this thing was going to come back and bite us. Mm. You know, we are not building people that are able to stand on their own. We are encouraging people to be what I would call parasites, you know, uh, go and find a white guy, a white femme, and then just be st- stick yourself around that particular person and feed off that person. We did not encourage people to go and build their own enterprises. And look at the history of the Afrikaner. You don't find anywhere where the Afrikaner went to uh, the British yeah. and said, can, can, you, can I please have a piece of Anglo, you know, a little bit, 20%? No, they went out and built their own companies from scratch, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how, the, where they are today, they came well, almost at the same level back then, but they are at a different level right now, you know? through the choices that they have made. I just felt that this approach 
is going to kill the black initiative, you know. So I started to challenge this, uh, this, uh, the whole thing because it's just the same. Even in you know, when you think about the engineering, there, you know, when you are alone there, you are competing against these white guys. You start to realize that we have what it takes. Yeah. You know, we don't need handouts. You know, we can do things on our own. You know, we can compete and beat the best that is out there. So that was that thing. And, and so I started to... So in, that, in those discussions, in those contributions that I made, uh, sometimes very much against some of the thinking of Tabo and, and sometimes aligned, you yes. know, and I think we, that's where we ended up earning, uh, earning some kind of a, a respect, you know, uh, because what I was saying was not necessarily the most popular thing, but it was th the right thing for our country. Yeah. Mm. Your B views are almost as violent as mine, but yes. we, I think we agree on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that one, we agree. Yeah. Now, you do something interesting. Um, you're supposed to be going in the one direction. You're a big IBM uh, person, and you, you know, you're being recommended high up, upstairs, in actual fact, yes. above, yes, the, above the, your boss's, uh, uh, what do they call it, uh, office. And suddenly something comes up, and I grain, you know, the men who threads where angels even fear. Mm. Microsoft, your, your your beloved, you know, yeah. model that you thought had mm. fallen apart and they are upside mm. down and all sorts of other things. And just purely because they themselves were not really dealing with BEE properly. Yes, 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 yes. So so here I am. Now I've, I'm back in South Africa. I took a job in IBM back home uh, done three years in this role, which is like second in charge yes. in, in IBM. Then you are there now. There's no other place but to go to be the, the man in charge. Yeah, in charge. And, and that man in charge was not ready to be moving. Yes. So in my discussions with him, uh, we agreed that I should be the person who, once again, who leaves the country. Okay. Uh, we agree. So I end up getting an offer in IBM in the U.S. Yes. As I was, and I prepare my family yes. for this move. Of course, they're excited about going to uh, the U.S. and looking forward. We tell the schools that we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> then Microsoft comes. And then I realized that I spent almost a year at Yale. Yeah. And there, they were saying that they are preparing each one of us to have a positive impact in their own, you know, wherever, in their own countries, in our own countries. Now I am leaving South Africa. The chances are I will never be able to come back because the job that I'm taking now is going yeah. to be, you know, there will never be a job that is, you know, equivalent to that one back here. So I'm going to be moving completely out of South Africa. Uh, I realized, no, I will never be able to do what had been driving me to, you know, to have this positive impact. Then comes the opportunity at Microsoft. They tell me that, hey, they're struggling. 
thinking about whether they should continue to be here or not, the challenges around BEE, the challenges around customer satisfaction, uh, customers are unhappy with, with them. There are also challenges. Uh, the government of South Africa had made a decision not to buy, yeah, not to buy Microsoft. I said, wow, this is interesting. I would like to be part of solving this problem. <laughs> so I signed up, and then my wife is like, but, I mean, really? <laughs> you want to go there? And so it's a big disappointment that we cannot go to the U.S., yes, yeah. but at the same time, why do you think you are going to be the one who fixes this thing? Hmm? But anyway... That look, we, we need to, we can find a way, always find a way to, be, to help this company to be locally relevant. And through our BEE, the structure of our BEE, which is now implementing what I was talking yes. about at Yale, you know, saying, let us promote uh, entrepreneurs. Let's find people who are doing great things, support them, and help those people to become global, which is what we implement. It's probably the first one in South Africa yes. to do something like to that. To do equity equivalent. Yeah, equity yeah. equivalent. It's, it's kind of changed completely the landscape now. You know, starting to have BEE, it is not about being politically connected, mm. but looking at people that are able to do great things, that are able to provide value, and supporting those, those entrepreneurs. Mm. There's a thing that has always bothered me in BEE, mm. and at times it's, it, it, it actually is reflected as in... My worry is that if we don't build a bigger pie, mm. we're mm. cutting up what's already there. Yes. And, 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 and to me, I think one of the things that came about of the, the, the scheme that you built up there, yeah, it was actually quite innovative yeah, also. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and for me, it was that it was growing... Yes, the pie. The pie. Yes. It was actually growing the market, and yes. it was also growing your channels. Yes, exactly. Um, mm. and, and all of that. And then there's not everybody who's going to like you. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. Because if it, even, even, I mean, the easiest thing we, we could have done, we could have told Microsoft that sell us to management yes. 20%. My leadership team would have been great. I'm a black guy. I'm, you know, I get shares, and we're we made. Good, you yeah. know, we're, we're all good. You know, so immediately now you are coming up with this strategy which does not talk to those shares. You, you, even, even amongst your colleagues, it's, just, it's like, but, but, I mean, there is this other option. Why are we not going this direction, which is going to help us? You know, our interests. So you. Uh, and in government, in government, they, they just did not like, you know, this, this approach. Yeah. You know, they want to, but of course, if we do that one of selling shares, political connected people are going to be the one who are going to be pushed no in, you know. In. So they, they, they were looking for that. Uh, the good thing is we just have to keep, if you believe in something, keep pushing, keep pushing, getting the right people. Uh, uh, I had a lot of support from the from the director general yeah. of of, of uh, trade and industry, uh, who helped me through the different ministers there. And uh, the, to cut the long story short, uh, I can tell you, two or three years down the line, the minister of trade and industry, 
all he could talk about was promoting that kind of those kind of schemes. No, yeah. I'll be honest with yeah. you. I mean, when when I got into what they call when I got into transformation and started understanding BE, yes. you know, regulations and eventually became an expert at it, mm. I found equity equivalence to be very strange. Yes. Obviously, in the company that I worked and that I, yes. I led as a director, mm. um, they they had gone with the directions in Canadian company and they had gone with where they sold their shares locally. Yes. And yes. I, I was violently uh, opposed to the idea. Mm. But having understood later on the Microsoft model, yes. I understood the same way I feel very strongly that first and foremost, you're not going to have transformation unless you have, you grow people. Yes. You've got training and you've yes. got give them skills and you give them support for them to grow. Yes. You're not going to have transformation. Yes. You can talk about it as much as you can. Mm -hmm. uh, you will only manage a few uh, uh, changes in society and all of that. But if you start empowering people big time, then you are, you, you are getting to a point where you're bringing on change. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, the, 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 the Microsoft deal was, was incredible. It, mm -hmm. it, when I looked at it, and I thought, wow, this is, this is innovative. And, this is, and, and it actually changed my idea about what do they call it, about equity equivalence. In yes. actual fact, I find them much more useful than actually uh, what a lot of international companies do is they create a South African subsidiary. Yes, they create it, which does work only in the public yes. sector. Yes, which so is really, South African yeah. subsidiary and, mm. and, and that's that. Mm, mm, mm. You're flying high. You've rebuilt MS and it's doing very well. You've actually redirected everything else in there. Before we get there, mm. the party to Mozambique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I am intrigued about your values and, and, and things that are important no, no, to you. <laughs> look, look, first, first, for me, remember that I said that there are always two things that I focus on yes. it's the employees yeah. and it's the customers, yeah. right? So, as part and parcel of, of recognizing employees, when people have done well, you know, you recognize them. We have a great trip, you know. Uh, and IBM, we, we took the whole department, about 300 of them, we yeah. moved to Sun City. We had a big, you know, thing, recognizing their efforts there. So that's the kind of thing that, that I, I, I really like to do, you know. And so the same thing at Microsoft. Here we are, second year. We are doing very well. We have turned around the company. And I negotiate with my boss, Ali, mm -hmm. that, hey, I would like to take the whole subsidiary. Let's go on this trip, uh, Mozambique, oh, cruise to Mozambique, Mozambique Islands. And, uh, of course, they, they were concerned about security. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It so if it ends sinks. up the whole ship sinking, what will happen, you know? Uh, then we put together some plans to, to make sure that yes. uh, people can be rescued. Then, then you started to see, you know, uh, you know the, some of the things that are happening here. Not that one is becoming like uh, too much of a dictator or yes. anything, but these people, uh, their families allowed us to, to take them. Yes. And now they are behaving in ways that are really not consistent with the values, my values and the values of the company. Uh, I just would not like our brand to be associated with what is going on mm -hmm. here. Uh, then I, I realized, but there's nothing I can do. We are already now here. I said, okay, we will. The next trip, we have to we have to do we it different. We have to do it different. <laughs> so so uh, 
again trying to to get consensus and uh, you know being democracy belong in this world of democracy so i send out a a, a survey next trip should we or shouldn't we be going with our spouses and partners next trip so of course i to me it was like an obvious thing yes. because i'm sure that, i mean it's going to be almost like 100% people are going to say let's go with our with our partners and and and, and spouses so i get a I got a shock of my life when i see the results people, people do not want to go with their spouses and and i'm like no <laughs> this is not the result that i was hoping for oh, no, no. And, and and this is and, and and unfortunately that's how democracy is, you know. But okay. Unfortunately, this is not a, a government yeah. thing. This is a company. And uh, in here in this place I'm the leader. So I will make the decision that yes, here are the results. But going forward, when we go to these events, we're going to go with our partners. Even though you say this thing, you know, yeah, they, they, they were very, very shocked. They did, I mean, they were unhappy. But the next one we go with our partners. I mean, it just changes everything. The people come back and say, "Thank you, thank you for for that oh, idea." Yes. So, so some some of these things we do not always have to go with the majority. You know, if if you know what is right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question, mm. and and and. and for me, it's, 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 it's always a lot of people like, who have done very well. Mm. They're probably on to their second, third you know, marriage and everything else. Mm. You've managed to balance both. Mm. You've managed to have a very solid grounding with the family and, and, all, of the equal and all of that. And at the same time, be successful at business. Mm. And in certain people's minds, you've got to sacrifice one. Um, you know, you, 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 a lot of people, and in actual fact, you know, one of my mentors says, a lot of people are business successes, but they're family failures. Mm. How have you managed that? Yeah. So, I think if you go back to one of your original questions, yes. you, you had a question about, I can't remember how you put it, but, but it spoke to the self-belief. It spoke to, you know... Uh, if you, if you look at some of the actions that some of us are taking, and we, we end up doing all of the things that we are doing, uh, having affairs in, 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 the, in the companies that we work for, at the end of the day, if you, if you look down, deep down, it's actually we are the ones who have got the problem. You know, we, we, we are trying to, to prove to ourselves, you know, that, uh, you know, you know, we are worth, we are this, we've got this yeah, power, and power, this, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So there is emptiness. So we are trying to fill that thing. We are trying to fill it through conquering. <laughs> we are conquering out there. Uh, I think way, way, way back for me, uh, it, 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 I, I became comfortable with, with knowing that uh, first, uh, and, and also realizing that people that if I want to be successful, really, truly successful, I need to have a very stable family. Mm -hmm. That's the place where I don't want to be fighting when I go home. You know, when I go home, I want to feel 
comfortable, relaxed there. But if I'm doing all of these other things, yes. I'm going to be working very hard here at work, but I'm also going to have a big problem at home. It's going to, I, I just cannot do both. So I made a conscious decision. As a result, uh, I say to people, you need to ask yourself the question, what, I'm, what, are, what are my values? Because we go around with what I called a default setting, like, like a, 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 a smartphone. You know, for this smartphone, uh, maybe you bought it in China, it ends up having a, a, a language being set as Mandarin. You know, you are not going to be able to. To, you need to set it to the things that work for you, mm -hmm. you know. So you grow, you grow up in a particular environment. You take that environment influences your values. But at some point in, in your life, you've got to assess yourself. Are these values that are picked up in that environment, are they consistent with the kind of person I want to be? With your beliefs. Yeah. If not, are they going to help me to, to get to where I need to get? If not, get rid of them. You don't have to be married to, to values that are not serving you, right? So I made a conscious decision a number of years ago that I've got just four values. Family is one of them. Family, integrity, excellence, and fairness. Those are the four values that I have. You can look at the, my behavior, how I do things. All of that is going to be... You, you, you can... You can interpret my how I do things based on these four things. You know, uh, when it comes to my ch the choices that I make, you know, uh, it's a board meeting. My daughter or my wife is sick. Hey, it's not even it's not even it's not, a a, it's not even a question. I go, you know, attend to my family because my values. Are very they, they're guiding me. It's, it's not. It helps me with deal to deal with so many things that are that, that I'm you know that show. But if you are not clear about these things, you'll end up being torn. You know, being torn. Hey, like uh, Hey, my customer wants to do a a, a dinner yeah. with you. Of course. You are the CEO, I need to go and have dinner with another CEO of, of the company. Yeah, not dinner, I need to have a meeting with yeah. him. But for me, you remember, I'm a morning person. Yes. So to go and do dinner is going to be a problem for me. <laughs> I'm all very tired at that time. So I need to be with my family then. So, so I said, no, I need to be with my family, but I can do breakfast. Okay. I can do lunch with your customer, you know. And, 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 and people understand that after a while. They understand and they align with that. You, know? you need to align your life with the things that come natural to you. And you end up removing so much stress in your life because you are, you are just being natural. You, know? you, are, you are going in line with who you are. You are not acting. Does it make sense? It mm. makes more sense to mm. me. I mean, I, there is nothing you said there. You're preaching to the choir. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, I know. Mm. Um, you're doing well at MS. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <And> of course. 
he's he's got a company that's bleeding and it's sort of the equivalent and it's in the middle of a strike yeah he calls me he calls me uh i was in year three yeah. at microsoft year three and i had made a commitment to my boss that i will be there at least for five years mm -hmm. So he calls me at the end of year three. I tell him, no, I can't. I mean, I've got this commitment. Yeah. Okay. Disappears. Comes back in year four. No, it's I told you. <laughs> I told you that I've got this commitment. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in year six, uh, he comes and I said, no, yeah, I'm ready. I've now transitioned this company to... You know, to someone, you know, so, so I can, and, and I think I can add value in terms yeah. of uh, MTN. And the company is, as you are rightly pointing out, the employees are on strike. Yeah. Who would want to take that kind of a job? Here are the employees with black cards saying all sorts of things about their leaders, mm. Right. And now we are going to be what we are going to be that leader who would but but you you need to understand though uh, when I assessed that environment okay why would employees go and say, you know these are professionals mm. MTN is a professional company yeah. these are professionals it's, it's these knowledge are, workers this, yeah these are not blue collar workers these are why would they go there they would they would do that if clearly if there's something we are not doing right as management. Okay, so as they are leaders, they okay, which means that thing is within our control. Yes. Whatever that thing is, I don't know what it is, but it is within our control. So what else is a problem with, with MTN? I realized that when I transferred, when I moved into MTN, I moved from Vodacom. You know, so when, when I got the job at MTN, mm -hmm. I was a Vodacom customer. Yes. So I had to, of course, clearly to port the, the number. That whole weekend, my family and I were, could not be contacted. We, we kind of like fell into some kind of a black hole, you know. So I realized that there is something terrible wrong with regards to how we're treating customers mm -hmm. here, you know. So, so it became like a personal mission for me that, hey, we need to go and fix how this company deals with customers, you know? And, you know, so when I look at those things, I found that actually the, the problems of MTN South Africa, these problems, most of them are within the control of management. It's not things that are outside of our control. So they, we can fix them. So I took the challenge. But... Were, to, uh, were you to ask me, go and take SAA? No. <laughs> I won't. I do have a question for you. No, <laughs> I won't I won't take SAA. Yeah. Why? Because SAA's problems are not necessarily, most of them are structural. Yes. They've got nothing to do. You may, you may be as good as whatever, but they have got a structural problem. South Africa is at the bottom of... <laughs> yeah, oh, 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 yeah. So when you look at that, the, 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 cost of, 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 uh, the cost of fuel is outside of your control. Rent, dollar exchange rate, outside of your control. All of these things, you know, it's just, it just did not make sense. I would not that, that one. Mm -hmm.
Me and you can talk until the cops come. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to give the the, 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 the the listeners and the viewers out there a chance to, to, to ask more questions. And probably I'll get to that. But you get empty and out of a hole. Yeah. And I actually think you need to go back there. Because I, I am a 22-year customer of MTN. And two weeks ago, I nearly left them. Really? They have fallen into a hole again. Systems are not working. Whatever you had set up then mm. has now fallen into a hole again. And mm. and um, they are doing very strange things. But that is besides the point. You've got more uh, th- important things to worry about. It has started. And the turnaround is working and it's moving forward. The Altron issue comes up. Yes, yes, yes. I wouldn't have even touched that with a budge pole. <laughs> well, whoever, ever, who owns a budge pole these yeah, days? But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have touched that with a budge pole. Mm. Um, mm. Do you have any regrets with not finishing the work you had started off at, at what they call it, at MTN? Look, the good thing about big companies is that you've got a lot of talent, you know? Yeah. So uh, uh, the, at a personal level, you feel like, I feel that I, have, I did not quite finish it. Yeah. But, but wh- when I look back at some of the things that we set out to do, you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with some of the work that they have done there. Yes, I've got some regrets. But I, I don't regret ma- having made the choice to go to Altron. Not at all. Okay. Yeah. Now you get there. You are in Ultron. And, and for me, that, mm. that, that is still one of those. At what point in time, through the conversations, mm. um, we all know the Ferdinand family. We all know mm. uh, Ultron and how it had been built and where it comes from. And it's a lily-white uh, African company that had been built. It's got now external shareholders and all sorts of other things. Mm. It's bleeding money. Mm. Mm. At what point in time did you not think this must be some sort of a political experiment of sorts, uh, getting in a black guy to come in? Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, at, at what point in time? I mean, you, you're looking at this thing, and yeah. the, yes, during the time when you're in MTN, yes, you tried yeah. to buy Ultra. Yes, yes, and so yes. your due diligence was already done by yes, the time yes. it, it showed see, up that, on your doorstep. That was in the most. That's that what you are mentioning now. Yes. Uh, it it it's key. To the decision that I made, yes. because as I was sitting at MTN looking at how can we change this telecommunications company to be more than just a telecommunications company, you know, to do more than just voice, yes. you know? uh, uh, I looked around and said, "Wow, that's interesting. Like, can we go and find out what assets does Altron have?" Mm-hmm. And we go there, we do, do a due diligence, and we realize, wow, as I was doing the due diligence together with, uh, uh, we were helped by, by, by this company, uh, as a consulting company, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. one, it was caught up in this... The McKinsey. McKinsey, yeah, yes. McKinsey. As we're being helped by McKinsey, we go there, we do this, I realize, phew, this company has got such great assets. Healthcare, NetStar, vehicle tracking, you know, finance, fin- financial inclusion companies in there. All of these great assets. But no, nobody really knows about this thing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, well, I make the call that unfortunately because of their 
because they had so many other companies that were not, we were not interested in, we decided not to buy them. So that, my understanding of them, of the company itself, and what I thought its potential had, is the one thing that helped me. But the other one is the fact that it was, in fact, a, an Africaner company, mm. a, a white company. You know? that, that is the attraction. Because, because you, know, you think about South Africa, and you say, you know, and people say, we need, to, we need to get rid of this white monopoly capital. Mm. And getting rid, it means actually destroying them, right? I do not subscribe to that. When you look at our unemployment rate sitting at about 40 something, how can we, how can we afford to even uh, you know, get rid of companies, destroy company. them, you know, when we've got such a high level of unemployment? And also, that thinking is so much misinformed. Why? Because you go into those companies, they may be white at the top, but 60% of the employees that are in there are black. So you destroy them, you're actually creating even worse mess for the people that you are trying to you know, solve for. Uh, so my view is that you go, we need to go and help these companies to transform and make these companies to be relevant to, this, to the South Africa that we are living in. You know? uh, in the process, you save jobs, you save all of these things. You know? so, so to me, that was a personal mission that let me go and do this thing. And it may even be like a microcosm of the kind of South Africa that I would like to see. If we were to solve this thing and show that we can work together and create something that is bigger than what I found there, which means they, this country has got the hope. You know, we can work together, you know, and, and here we, yes, it's a small entity, that, but we are showing in this experiment, we're showing that it can be done. We can work together to create something bigger you know, than what we inherited. Hmm? Before I go to the questions on what they call it on, on, on the phone, yeah. um, from being called Mbazo, mm. the one who chops. Mm. And I'm, I have a question about that, but let me ask my, my first question first. And, and, and getting people to believe in your message, beyond the fact that you, you, know, you can be very vocal and you, you, mm. you have a lot of conviction mm. uh, about a lot of things, you have very, very towering conviction, to put it um, uh, mildly, what is the key thing that you use to get people to believe in your dream? Because yeah. being as intelligent as you are, sometimes you can see 10 years and even 5 years ahead of where you're standing, or you can see something about this company that the people themselves, because of the mess they find themselves in, and they've gotten to a point where they now believe in what they're seeing, mm. you know, their, 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 their perception is their reality at mm. that point. Mm. How do you get people to believe? Wow, how do you get people to be... You know, in, 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 my, in my case, I try to walk the journey with them, right? You, you, you may have the vision, right? But, but that vision is something that needs to be... People should feel like they have co-created 
they the, own the vision. The thing, okay. right. So the, even my approach to strategy formulation is not, it's different. I don't take my leadership team of, let's say, 12 leaders, go out for three days, we come back with a strategy. Uh, starting, from, starting from Microsoft, uh, MTN, uh, here in Altron, took in Altron 100 leaders of the business. We went out to go and do strategy. Hmm? 100. Usually it, it's, it's just 12, 13 people, 100, you know, go there. The, the good thing about that is the first you, we, we, and when we're there, we're brutally honest about our reality. Many of them went, they were not even aware that things were as bad as they are, you know. They start to understand, being open and transparent and understand our challenges, right? But also we start to look at what is it that, what are our strengths? What are the things that we can build around? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and start and to mobilize to around that. And, and as we're discussing there, you're starting to have a shared understanding of both the challenge and what is possible, you know? Yes, it's your, you, you've got this vision, but allow this thing to emerge out of, out of the people. Of course, you are guiding this thing. Allow it to emerge. And, and as you are discussing and discussing, and you have now, you're coming back from that strategy, you have a team of people that can, when they are being asked by their manager, by their employees, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? It's not like, we, the only 12 people that were there, will come back and try and, and, and uh, get the buy-in of their... No, they were there. They understand. They even understand the choices, the trade-offs that we're making. Mm -hmm. you know? They will be able to explain to them why we are doing what we are doing. You know? Because we have debated there. We did all of these things. So, so for me, the approach, that inclusive approach... but. It should not just be an inclusive approach that is not guided. You need to you kind of like know where you want to, <laughs> to take this thing. <laughs> you know? so, it, it should not just be something that emerges. <laughs> then you start, you start, suddenly we are surprised with what comes out. <laughs> and people are, are, are surprised why people don't want to follow them. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you are chopping. And as you are chopping, you are chopping people that Bill had hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. How difficult was were those conversations? I mean, you, you speak mildly about them here in mm. the book, but mm. how difficult were those conversations? Because in, in, in one end, you walk in and, you know, here's this black guy, and, you know, in your quiet manner, sometimes people might think you are inaccessible, but mm. eventually people get to know you, mm. and mm. they get to be able to... Um, and, you know, people see you from far, and, yes. you know? Mm. Now... The, the difficulty with and especially when you chop at the top, because yes. those are friends, those yeah, are people we yeah, live, yeah. those are people we, we, we bry with. Yes. Um, how difficult were those conversations? Listen, so you've just been hired, right? Yeah. You are the CEO, you've just been hired. What are the chances that you are going to be fired the next day? You know, I mean, they've just told the whole world that you are now the new. So, so you've got, an, like, 12 to 18 months. You've got a window of opportunity. A window of opportunity. <laughs> if you do not use that window of opportunity to drive, then you will not going to be able to do things, right? So you need to use that, that moment, you know? So that's one thing, that window of opportunity. But 
don't undermine people. The board, it is such an important uh, structure mm -hmm. that one has to, you know, sit down with the board, explain. I took the time to explain, to, to share with them the thinking, the why this guy? Why, you know, we, we, we have to make choices, yes. you know, and this is where we are going, and this guy, because of this and this and this and that, you know, but let us do, let us agree on one thing here. We are going to treat people better than fair, you know, when it comes to packages or whatever, we are going to, because these people have contributed so much into the company, you know, when, they, when you meet with them out there, they must never think that, you know, you, you did, you know, yes, they may not like that, that you, 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 you took them out, yeah. but they can never say that you were unfair to them, yes. right? And, or you were being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I always try and get the board. Same thing I did at MTN, same thing uh, at Microsoft. Get the board behind you so that when these people come, because they will always now, once you start to have one-on-one -on -one conversations, they will run to the people the, the, that, the, hire that, that hire them, you know. And, and when they go there, they must arrive there already, say, oh, you know, sorry, I mean, we, this is what he says, but, uh, you know, yeah, you know, but uh, how can we help you so that the, the exit can be smooth? That's, that's the kind of discussion that they must have, you know. We, I'm not, when I'm saying we now, as black uh, leaders sometimes, we, we do not use, we are given the power, but we do not use the power that we've been given. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we, we do not effect the changes that we should be, Mm. And, and we end up actually being entangled in this thing and, and we sinking because we did not make the calls, you know, that we should have made. You know. and, and we need to be much more bold when it comes to this thing. But of course, the, none of us wake up in the morning saying, My, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting rid of a person. You know, I mean, immediately you... It's like that, then you know that there's something, you are sick, you know. Okay. But these calls have got to be made, and let's make these calls, uh, but of course it must be informed by fairness, the respect, and it must be aligned with the strategy. Okay, so let's go to the people. Yes. The people are, 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 what are they called? They have interesting questions all around. Mm. I was going to ask you this question, but they've asked it. So you've done well as a business executive. And in my question, I was going to ask you, what's next? Are you going to be an entrepreneur soon? Um, but somebody is asking, yeah, how do you take what you've learned from, you know, building businesses mm. and turning around businesses? And how can you use that to become an, 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 an entrepreneur? And are you thinking about it? Yes. Look, uh, when I look at where, where some of the journeys that we're taking as, as, uh, as Ultron, and, and I think one can possibly end up in that space, you yeah. know, as we do some of the things that we're doing. That, that's probably where yeah. uh, one will end up uh, in that space uh, in line with, with uh, yeah. So that is the kind of the long-term thinking, you know, because, you know, it would be really, really great to end up with a, with a, a truly black-led company owned company 
that is doing great things in the technology space, you know? Yeah. And we don't have that today, really, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so, that, so that would be, the, the, that, that's one of the possibilities. So it's something that is in my mind. You know? Yeah, okay. that thing. Mm. All right. Um, mm. I don't want you to spill your, your what do they call it, your, 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 the, the surprise. Because for me, it, you, you, your life will always be one of those that I'll be looking out to you also, what happens mm. next with this bed? But mm. Somebody is asking, is there any particular opportunity you're not eyeing, but is there somewhere where you're thinking, this is the next big thing in tech? This is the next big thing in tech. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at technology and mm. the technology space, what, what do you see as being the next big thing? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, as yeah, they yeah, call it, yeah, as a CEO, yeah, you have, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I would say... The next big thing is uh, is this, this artificial intelligence. Okay. Yeah, artificial intelligence. Uh, with today, uh, I, I think people like Elon Musk and, and companies like Google that are already experimenting around cars that are self-driven cars. All of that at the back of all of that, the technology that's powering that is artificial intelligence. Yes. Right. So. That is the thing that, that is going to be really, really transforming uh, uh, our, our society in a big way. It does not necessarily mean that people are going to lose jobs. Uh, in fact, it, what it means is that it's actually going to be opening up even new areas where we have not been and creating new opportunities for, 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 for people. So if I were to invest and try and... and uh, and, and build my skills around, I would try and read a lot more around the artificial intelligence, data analytics, data mining, that, that world. Because we're talking about huge amount of data, mm -hmm. but out of those data, processing it, coming up with insights that then guide different actions, that field around the data is the next big thing. Other people talk about uh, data is the is the is, is, is the new is oil, the new oil yeah. kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. But at the core of it, data alone it means nothing. It's about how you use it, coming out with insights that inform action. You know that is where the value is around the data. That's where I would focus on. So somebody has asked the question here: Is as when you're chopping? and you're living up to the nickname that had been given to you. The three buckets, and how do you create them? Fire immediately, yes. watch over 18 months, yes. and retain. Like, what, yes. what are the, the, the... I mean, it's not the same everywhere. Yes, it's not, but it's you not. have systematically built a way of being able to identify yes, yes. these things. Look, assuming that, because you always... You need, the, the whole process you're doing it, you need to preserve yourself. You should not, you should not end up being a casualty yourself, yes. right? So you, you need to... Uh, I always say that if my financial director yes. and my human resource director are falling in the category of remove immediately, yes. I never remove them immediately because... They need to be my partner. I need to be close to them sufficiently to be in a position where I know as lo a lot more about what they do because in the finance space, that's where all of this, you know, get to know what's going on there, also on the people side. Plus, as you're doing the chopping and this, 
you need to execute. And the execution, you are not doing it yourself, you're doing it through your, finance, through your human capital mm -hmm. person. You know, if that person <laughs> you have chopped, then, then you have got no partner. Yeah. You know? So I would say that, you know, so just using those, that thing, keep the finance person as long as possible, even, even if they are not. Mm. Yeah. But the other ones don't keep people because these are the people that are going to undermine you. Okay. You realize that somebody, no matter what, this person does not buy into your strategy. You sit down and do this, they just do not buy into it. Okay. Yeah. Our problem that we've had, and, yeah. and I've had it too, yes. and you yes. raised it a couple of times in the book, mm. our notion that because I'm black, the black leaders in the business are going to support me. Oh. Mm. And, and, and you, you, you know, being typical, you speak about it and then you brush it over and carry on with it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've done that and you've done very well about it. Mm. But sometimes it's a bit, it leaves a bitter taste in the mouth. It does, it does. I mean, huh? the people that you'd go and you go out of your way to even bring into this environment of yours. Yes. They become the very people that go and either don't perform mm. or they go and align themselves with forces that are really against, you know, and, and this thing, it, it just keeps happening all the time. I don't know why is it like this, but what, what I've realized now is to, to, is to accept that it will happen. Right, so that I do, I do, it's, it's not a surprise when it happens because yes. I've seen it so many times, uh, and it has happened everywhere I go. People come in, you go and recruit the person. The next thing you see the, the alignments and this, and find that she, you know, this person is, is is not behind me at all. In fact, this person is actively working against what I'm trying to do here. You know, and uh, yeah. But I don't, is, is it something that is uniquely black thing? Black thing? Uh, I think white people would find the same thing as okay. well. They would find that they, they, when they hire other white people, they end up, you know. So what I'm just saying is I don't expect that people are going uh, to support, going to support just the... because you are black. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think for us it becomes better maybe because of from our experiences, yes. what do they call it, yes. as a nation, yes. and mm -hmm. where we come from. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, I'm, I was hoping that we are all aligned yes. Uh, yes. In, in the transformation we're trying to bring, and, and therefore I wouldn't expect that person to be the one that actually deals with me in this Yes, way. exactly. What are the hallmarks of an ethical leader that South Africa requires today? So if, if you had to, if you had the resources to build a, 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 you know, a leader from scratch, what would be the things that you would bring on? Mm. Beyond the things that you are known for, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, integrity, yeah, fairness, yeah, and yeah, all of that, what yeah. other things would you incorporate into this type of a person that you would bring? I think uh, I would call it authentic. Okay. You know? Uh, although I don't talk about being authentic, but you can you can conclude that 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 is the kind of a leader that I, I try to be. You know, when I say that, align with who you are. Yes. You know, you know, if you if you've got that self awareness, once you have that self awareness, then 
try to align yourself with who you are, the things that come naturally. For example, for me, uh, listening comes natural because I'm, I'm not the most talkative person. It comes natural. So uh, I would create uh, this thing called Izimbizo. Remember the, the yes. Izimbizo of, of, I don't know if it was Tabo or whoever. They, the ANC used to do Izimbizo. Uh, but but I, I do those things. You know, go and listening to our employees guiding me and, and telling me you know, what are the things that we can do better, you know? And that, that kind of thing. Being, you're, you're up there, but stay connected. Stay connected with the people, you know? And this thing of, for example, look at the situation where for almost three days we could not deploy our army, yeah. uh, maybe even a week. Why? Because I think, I think we had a leader who was being given certain kind of information, right? And that information was not accurate. Mm. You, should always, you should always assume that is going to be the case. People will either will tell you misinformation or will tell you what they think you, need, you, you want to hear. Yeah. You need to create ways and means of being connected to the grassroots. The, my way of being connected to the grassroots is to create this, what I call them, round tables. Mm -hmm. From time to time, once a month, you go and connect and bring people, different people, you listen to them. You listen, you're not undermining your, your, your leaders, but you, you, so being authentic, being connected, very, very connected. The other thing that is important is holding people accountable. The reason why you are, you are not moving things forward, whether you do this thing that you said you are going to do or not to do, there are no consequences. So what is what's the motivation for doing anything? You know, just sit around, uh, take my pecs, you know? So nobody is holding people accountable. So when talking about this ethical leader, you know, we have uh, many examples here of leaders that have clearly done wrong things, mm -hmm. you know, but they're sticking around, they're still not resigning. Oh, this is a problem. You know, these people should, should, they should either resign themselves or you call them, hey, man, you know, you understand the, the ethical code of this company, yes. you know, you go, you know. It's, it's that thing holding others accountable holding and also holding yourself accountable. Hmm? A question hmm. that comes from something that has bothered me also for a very long time. So, hmm. you went to school at an early age. Yes. Privileges hmm. of being a teacher's uh, child. Yes. <laughs> yes. I also yes. went to, yes. uh, uh, to school at an, at an early age. Privileges yes. of being the teacher's child. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we be reducing the school going age? That's the one question. But, First and foremost, what should we be doing in terms of technology and data in education to improve our, our education system mm -hmm. and, and, and improve education as a whole? Yeah. Because I think for me, the, 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 there are gaps. Yes. You know, uh, yes. we yeah. went into the foray of, of, of bringing on uh, graduates and all the other things. They, 
there is a gap and, and it's very big. You know, yeah. even with graduates that are getting from university, there's still a bit of a grab. And, and you know that that gap comes from lower down. Yes, so yeah. what are the things you think we should be doing in the area of, of maybe technology and data to be able to make the schooling system better? So I think before I even get into technology, there are other things that I would do. So what are those things? Uh, you remember I indicated that leadership matters. Yes. Leadership matters. So we probably have in South Africa, I don't know, 400,000 teachers or so around that. But linked to that, maybe we have uh, maybe, I don't know, 10,000 principals. I don't know. Focus, you know, there's this thing called leverage. Mm -hmm. Where is it that if you can make an impact, that impact will have the biggest ripple effect? Don't try and tackle the 400,000 yeah. teachers. Try and check out of the, I don't know, let's say it's 10,000, the 10,000 teachers, the principals that we have. Do we have the best people there? If not, change. Put the right teacher. Have you ever seen a school that has got no resources, no internet connection, nothing but have got a good principal? Results, top. Good principal, they have no internet. Hmm? It was the same, well, there was no internet when, when some of us grew up, you know, came from Tabasa, there was none of that. But had good, a good principal hold the other teachers accountable. The driving agenda in that school, that thing, the teaching, the discipline, all of that thing is what is required. It starts from the leader. So I would concentrate first on empowering and strengthening the leadership of, of our, in terms of our education system. Then, of course, use technology because many of our teachers have got huge skills gaps. The only way that we can, one of the ways we can impact them, impact them quickly, is to online training. Give them their, their, those iPads, invest in that, make sure that their increases and everything is linked to them taking the online lessons around that. Because it's these guys, if we do not improve the skills levels of our teachers, we are always going to be in this, in, in this situation. The material is there online, it's there. We just need to drive an agenda for these, for these teachers. Mm. There's so many questions flying yeah. in, and yeah. we, 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 we're running out of time. And, mm. you know, as I said, me and you can talk until the cows come home, and the cows are already coming home. Mm. Um, I don't want to start you off on this one. You said in the book, that when you took on the Altron, um, I'll call it an assignment. Yes, for me, it's an you're assignment. A, you're a order there, you call it. You, mm. you, you will move and you, you, you already have uh, something in mind. You said it was an eight-year assignment, and that mm. eight-year assignment, you're on to your fourth year now. Yes, yes. What next from, 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 from Teto? What, what is next? And, and, and your, your life is so incredible that Something is already there. Somebody is, and 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 and. Why not Esco? Okay, look. <laughs> so 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 what's next? I think for me, I need to sit through 
this this Ultron piece of work that I'm doing here. Yes. I need to sit through, and and it may end up at a place where where it it transforms completely to being, let's say, a, a black entity, yes. a truly, you know. So so I would ra- and then I would rather continue to drive that thing okay. uh, beyond, you know to make sure that you, you leave behind something that is really, really strong, that is also international, that is, uh, you know, so, so for me, that is one possible route. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other route uh, is after those, that, that, that in the other four, in the next four years, you, you exit, and for me, I'd like to, today, there is so, so many, CEOs that I am I'm mentoring. Mm. I, I, maybe it's the wrong word to say mentor. It's more coaching. Yes. Yeah, coaching. And and what they enjoy in terms of that relationship is the fact that it's not a theoretical. You can go to any executive coach, but people that have not been there, it's just theoretical. But in our the way we're connecting. Uh, it, it is it's like somebody who has walked the path and saying, you know, go try this and try this. Oh, I've got a problem with my board. Okay, you know, go and do this, this, and this, and then we meet again in two months' time, testing, okay, this is what I've done, this is the reaction. You know, that's the kind of... I would like to do that thing even more when, you know... So I would, I would, I would rather invest in... You remember that thing of 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 principles. Yes. If I'm investing in helping these yes. CEOs, they will impact so many people that are working under them. So the impact will be much much more than if I were to go run an ESCOM. Hopefully, yes. and a CEO <laughs> of ESCOM will be part of <laughs> and another CEO of of Prasa or whatever. Yes. You know. Yeah, so the impact is much bigger. It's much bigger. Yeah. Mm. Dedo, um, mm. thank you. Yeah. First, thank you for a, an incredible, incredible book. I, 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 you know, you start the book off and you, you know, you're listening to the stories and yeah. everything told by the family and you're thinking, was this book designed for this man to be this lovable, you know, for, mm. for you to be able to appreciate? But you get to a point where you're saying, He's candid. He's, you know, mm. he, he's telling the story as it should be. Um, mm. Thank you for a beautiful book. That's mm. first thing to you. Mm. Um, thank you for, to the Altron team for making this work. Oh. Uh, to me, it's all that I kept on fretting about whether you will have enough time to be able to consider like this. But, mm. um, you know, having read the book, I know you believe in developing people and this yes. is what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to our audience out there on YouTube, on Vimeo, um, our GMA staff on, on Teams, um, the publishers of the book. Um, thank you to Zolika and Anda for making you write this book. Uh, that you must convey as my personal gratitude to them, yes. uh, both of them. Um, and you have actually answered one of the questions that I hear. Uh, somebody is asking if you will perform master classes for youngsters yes. who are aspirational yeah. and are looking forward to they call to grow the in, in as leadership. Yes. To me, Lambulo, thank you. Thank you. Sir. Thank you, sir. It's yeah. you what do they call it? You 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 continue to shine. Thank you so much, sir, for appreciate you for having thank me. You. Yes.